0: Take your Bibles and turn with me to John chapter 21, reading again verses 12 and a couple and then through verse 17, we overlap 12, 13, and 14 today with last week. We come again to Peter and an encounter with Jesus. You know, I always love to read about Peter because Peter just reminds me so much of myself. You know, Peter is always ready with a bold affirmation, always ready to say, I'll do it, and he never seems to do it. You know, he's he's always ready to make a clear statement, and then somehow he tends to fall just a little bit short. That's why I think Jesus continues to come back to him. I mean, Peter obviously had a leadership position among the disciples. He obviously was one who they looked to for leadership and looked to for encouragement in so many ways. But, but it's just amazing how Peter always, until this passage, uh, is ready to say, Lord, I'll die for you. Lord, no matter what everybody else does, I'll be with you and I'll, I'll hang in there. I'll, I'll stand up against the servant of the high priest and I'll cut off his ear and I'll do whatever it takes to stand with you. And yet in this passage, it finally seems like Peter maybe has become just a little bit humble in the presence of the Lord. So hear the word of the Lord from John chapter 21, verses 12 through 17. And Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. Now none of the disciples ventured to question him, who are you, knowing it was the Lord. Jesus came and took the bread and gave it to them and the fish likewise. This was now the third time that Jesus was manifested to the disciples after he was raised from the dead. At least the third time that John gives an account of. So when they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, Simon Barjona, do you love me more than these? And he said to him, Yes, Lord. You know that I love you. And he said, tend my lambs. And he said to him again a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? he said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And he said to him, shepherd my sheep. And he said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Peter was grieved because he said to him a third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. And Jesus said to him, then tend my sheep. The resurrection has taken place. It's just days now before the ascension of our Lord. He's still ministering there to his disciples in a very intimate and a very personal way as they spend that time together in those last days. Him and his resurrected body, them still a little confused but maybe understanding a little bit more and a little bit more about what's taking place. But he's he's there with his disciples by the sea and he feeds them. A very natural, normal thing to do after giving them a supernatural catch of fish from saying, cast on the other side of the boat, where you away from where you've been fishing all night, and they drug in that cast that was so big, it filled the nets, 153 or so uh, fish all together, and, and, and then they drug it to shore, couldn't even get it in the boat, but Simon jumped in, uh, in the water, he didn't wait to get the boat in, jumped in the water, swam ashore, and saw Jesus. I mean, there's a, there's a drama taking place here in these last experiences of Jesus with his disciples that we don't want to miss. Must have been something to have been there to have seen it. Must have been something to have seen that remarkable catch of fish and to have been there alongside of those disciples. They ate, they saw the Lord, and then Jesus looks at Simon Peter. Some believe that he maybe took Simon Peter off to the side. I tend to think he just looked at him with all the disciples looking on and he said, Simon Barjona, Simon son of John, do you love me more than these? And Simon had to contemplate that. Not sure what Jesus meant exactly by these. It could have been any number of things. Some have thought, well, maybe he means, do you love me more than you love these disciples? They're all here. They're all around. And your brothers. You're sort of a band of brothers in my uh, following me. Do you do you love me more than you love all of these? That would be a legitimate question to ask. But it's really not supported by anything anywhere else in the whole book of John. So it's probably not necessarily what Jesus is talking about there. Maybe he meant when he looked at him, because here Peter has gone back to Galilee and, and at some point said, well, let's just go fishing again. And they took off out taking up their old trade with their nets and their boats and started fishing. Maybe he meant to Peter, do, do you love me more than you love this fishing gear and all of these fish that you've caught tonight? Do you love me more than what you do out there as a secular job? Do you love me more than, than all of this stuff? And that would be a legitimate question to ask, no doubt, especially in light of the fact that they did go back and they didn't wait patiently as he told them to. They just went about it. Do you love me more than, than this fishing gear and boats and fish? After all, Peter, you've been called to be more than a fisher of fish. You've been called to be a fisher of men. Do you love me more than this stuff that's around you here? Could have meant that. But maybe he's looking at Peter and he's saying, Peter, do you love me more than these other disciples do? I I honestly think that probably makes the most sense out of the three. Peter, you've know, you been very bold in all your statements. You've had a lot to say about dying with me and walking with me and not letting anything come between you and me do you love me more than these disciples love me Peter said Lord you know I love you you know that I love you I don't know how much time went between the two questions but then he asked him again and he said Peter do you love me and a second time or Simon Barjona do you love me and he said a second time yes Lord, you know that I love you. Then he came a third time and he said, Simon, do do you love me? Simon said, Lord, you know everything. You have all knowledge. You are the sovereign of all creation. You know it all, Lord. You know everything. Lord, you know that I love you. It may very well be that Jesus is just kind of showing Peter the, the, the contrast between the three denials that he had because basically he was asked those same questions in the garden and in the courtyard just before Jesus' crucifixion when the servants began to say to him, wait, you were with him, weren't you? No, I don't know him. No, no, I know you're a Galilean. We know that you were there. We saw you with him. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know the man. And finally, a little servant girl saying, yeah, as they warmed by the fire, yeah, I know, you, you, you sound like him, you sound like them, you were with them, and he said, and he began to curse, one uh, gospel writer tells us, and said, I don't know him, and the cock crowed. Peter was broken, grieved, because he knew what the Lord had said was true, that as as. Brother Ricky read just a few minutes ago, before the cock crows, you're going to deny me three times. You're going to deny you know me. You're going to deny that you love me. You're going to deny that you're one of my own. Although in reality, Peter, I know all three of those things are really true. And so here in this passage, we have something of a restoration of Peter after his denials, after what we would call his fall, if you will, into denial. We we have Peter being restored by our Lord and and restored three times in the same way he denied three times. Peter, do you love me? Simon Barjona, do you love me? Yes, Lord, you know I love you. Now, some people have made a lot about the different use of the words that are used here in this passage. Some, remember, you have an NIV, it even translates it a little differently than the New American Standard or the uh, English Standard Version or uh, some of the other translations do. New New International kind of makes it, uh, do you love me? Do you really love me? Do you love me a lot more? I mean, just all sorts of expressions because in some places, the word agape is used. As a matter of fact, in those first two, Jesus uses that word, Simon, Peter, do you agape me? And Peter answers and said, Lord, you know that I phileo you. Phileo being another word for love translated out of the Greek. And some have said, listen, agapeo is, is a stronger word. Agape is that love from, from God, divine love, strong love. You've heard that. I've heard that. I remember in college going through a whole seminar one time about the different tenses of love there's there's agape there's phileo there's there's eros i mean you know there's different words that we translate love and agape is that divine love phileo is just sort of that friendly love that that human type love that could and a lot of the older commentaries really did make something of that but in reality you find those words interchanged throughout the new testament as a matter of fact, you find that uh, agapeo is used sometimes to talk about uh, evil type of love. They have loved the world more than they love me. Uh, Demas, Paul says, Demas loved, has departed, has deserted because he loved this world more than he loved the gospel. And so uh, the word agapeo is that used there. The word phileo, in other cases, is used for the love that, that God has for His Son, Jesus. A matter of fact, if you look back in, in chapter 5, verse 20 uh, of, of this gospel that we've looked at over the last two years or so, in verse 20 it says, for the Father loves the Son. And the word there for God loving His Son, which is certainly a pure, godly, divine love, is the word phileo. So I'm not sure that the the words being changed out there are are really indicative of of Peter and Jesus talking about two different things. I think think Jesus is trying to get Peter to see something here that you and I need to see that sometimes we miss. I I think the word itself is not so important as is the concept of what Jesus is wanting them to see. I, I think Peter is having to think through this whole idea when jesus says do you love me more than these and looks at those disciples is is peter are, are you going to exalt yourself above the others again have you learned from your own weakness or are you going to say again no matter what these others do i'm going to love you or no matter what these others do i'll never desert you i'm going to stand strong or Peter are you are you finally seeing now in these last moments before I leave this world and go and send the Holy Spirit to empower the church to move out across the world Peter are you finally seeing that in your own strength you are weak in your own power you you don't have any power when you depend on standing by yourself can you see Peter that you really are weak in the flesh even as he said back in the, uh, when he caught them sleeping in the garden before his crucifixion, the, the, the spirit's willing, but the flesh is weak. Peter, do you realize that in your own life, your, your spirit may be willing and wanting and desiring. You may make great affirmations and great statements and sound really strong, but Peter, in, in your own strength, you really are weak. Peter, do you love me? Peter, do you love me? Peter, do you love me? Notably, I think that the love that Jesus is asking Peter about here, and, and really the love that he's asking you and me about here today too, is a love of total attachment and exclusive dependency. A, a love of total attachment to the Lord Jesus Christ. And total and complete An exclusive dependency upon him. Peter, have you come to see now that no matter what you say, if you're not depending on me, trusting in me, walking with me, looking to me for your strength, then you are yet very weak? How often are we like Peter? Oh, I'm a Christian. I come to church, I, I read my Bible. I take my Bible around to various places with me i'm I, i'm I'm strong. i'm I, I realize i'm a I've been a Christian for a long time. I can stand up to just about anything, you know. And yet somebody comes along and says, Oh wait a minute, are are you a, are you a follower of christ? oh well i I go to church. yeah, I go to church occasionally, not always, but I do sometimes. oh. Or more pointedly, what is your, do you believe the Bible? Do you believe Jesus speaks about this particular issue or that particular issue? Oh, well, you know, I, I, I'm not a scholar of that. I just, I, I don't know. I just kind of back away. When it calls for taking a strong stand for Christ in areas of cultural issues or, or social issues or whatever it might be, or do you just kind of shy away and say, oh, I, I don't want to talk about that? You have somebody who you see really needs to know the gospel. We've been talking about on Wednesday night, uh, identifying people who need Christ and investing in their lives and then giving a chance to invite them both to church and invite them to Christ. And the youth have been talking about that. We've been talking about that in our our adult Bible study on on Wednesday night, just kind of talking about find some people who need Christ, invest in their lives, invite them to Christ, invite them to grace, and, and then see them increase in their walk with Christ as you disciple them and watch them grow when they come to faith in Christ? Or are we really kind of too comfortable in our Christian world, in our, in our, in our as one writer called it, our Christian ghetto? You know, we just kind of live together in, in this, this little bubble and never touch unbelievers, never know unbelievers, don't have an opportunity to share the gospel with them because we never invest in their lives. And we can easily say, well, you know, I'm I'm not a real people person, <laughs> you know. I I understand there's some people with a with a uh, uh, an extroverted personality, and and they can go out to somebody, and they can they can ask them if they know the Lord, they can ask them if they go to church, they can ask me a number of questions. But you know, I'm really an introvert. I'm really a very quiet, personal, private type of person, and so I just don't do that naturally, and and, and I don't really love people like I, I guess I ought to love people. I really don't. I don't, I don't just naturally, I'm not just naturally drawn to people to be a part of their lives. So, you know, we make all sorts of excuses like that. But in a very real sense of the word, it's, it's nothing less than denial, just like Peter did in that courtyard. So Jesus draws the attention back to where it needs to be in these three simple questions. Peter, do you love me? Lord, you know I love you, then tend my lambs. You ask him a second, Peter, son of our Simon, son of Arjona, do you love me? Lord, you know that I love you, then shepherd my sheep said to him a third time, Simon, son of Barjona, do you love me? And Peter was grieved because he said it a third time. Much like he was grieved, I'm sure, when he denied him the third time. He was grieved over that. And he said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. And they said to him, then tend my sheep. You know, I mean, it's easy to look at that and say, oh, well, he's just talking to Peter. Peter's the one that denied him three times. He's just talking to Peter, asking him that question three times. It's not really applicable to me. It's not really applicable to our day, you know, but, but I, I challenge that. I say it is applicable to us. And I don't think Jesus is saying to Peter here now, Peter, this is some new great apostolic office that you have that will carry on into the world and he's talking to him as a believer as a disciple just like you and i are believers and disciples and he says peter do you love me and when peter says lord you know i love you he said then tend my sheep there's a significant thing missing in that passage jesus never once said not even hinted at peter do you love sheep Peter, do you love people? Peter, if you love people, then you'll go out and you'll meet people, and you'll share the gospel with people, and you'll carry people, you'll minister to people, you'll do things with people. Peter, do you love people? Then go and do it. He never asked him that. Ask him one simple question three emphatic times. Peter, do you love me? Peter, do you love me? Yes, Lord, you know I love you. Yes, Lord, you know I do. Peter, do you love me? Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Shepherd the flock. Shepherd my people. I think there's... A pastoral level here that goes to every believer. I think there's an evangelistic and a missions concept here that goes to every people. But here's the key. If you love Christ and learn to depend upon Him and on your own strength, you'll do what He he loves. You'll reach people. You'll touch people. You'll care for people. You'll minister to people. No matter where they are. No matter how unlovely or unlike you they are or how difficult it might seem to to reach out somehow and touch their lives, that's not the issue that that Jesus is concerned with here. He's just showing us through that, that impetuous, boastful, bold Peter, Peter, if you love me, you'll do what I command you to do. Matthew tells us that, as he was getting ready to ascend back into heaven, he said, go into all the world and make disciples. At first, all authority has been given to me, both in heaven and earth. All authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. That means what I say is authoritative. Go into the world and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father and Son and the Holy Spirit. And lo, I am with you always. I am always with you. I am always present with you. Even at the end of the age, you go. You make disciples. Then uh, Luke tells us in Acts chapter 1, basically the same thing. He gathered them together and he commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for what the Father had promised, which he said, you heard from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So they, when they had come together, they were asking him, saying, Lord is this the time when you are restoring the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, it's not for you to know times or epochs which the Father has fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes up, has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and even to the remotest parts of the earth. Basically what he's saying there is when When you come to that point where the Holy Spirit fills your life, and we believe that happens at conversion, the Holy Spirit baptizes you into Christ at at conversion, and you come to faith in Christ, and you're empowered by the Holy Spirit. And, and, And Jesus says, when you have that, you'll go in my power, not in your own. And that's what he's saying to Peter here. Peter, learn to trust in my strength, learn to trust in my authority, not in your authority. Peter, do you love me? Then feed my sheep. Perhaps Peter is at that point where at long last he's learned he cannot follow Jesus in his own strength. Perhaps that's where Peter is at this point. Perhaps that's where you and I all need to come this morning. We've tried to be disciples of Christ. We've we've tried to be be his followers. We've tried to be Christians in our own strength thinking, I can do this. He's saying, no, you can't. No, when you do it in your own strength, you do just what Peter did. You deny me. He realizes the hollowness of affirming his own loyalty in a way that relies more on his own strength than on Jesus' enablement. That's why I had Brother Ricky read this morning from, from John 13, back a few chapters. Where Jesus said, by this all men will know that you're my disciple, if you have love for one another. And that will prove that you're my disciples. But that love is not something that we conjure up ourselves. Listen, there are some of you that won't find others very lovely in some ways. You don't like the same things. You know, you, you like different things. Matter of fact, you're moving in different circles, and, and yet you're here in the body of Christ together, but, but your likes, your dislikes are totally, and, and I've got to tell you, if you do it in your own strength, you'll say, you know, I like those who like what I like, and I like those who look like me, and I like those who act like me, but those others, I'm, I'm going to let somebody else do that. And those may be the very ones God is saying to you, that's the sheep I want you to tend. That's where I want you shepherding. That's where I want you changing and changing. And touching lives. That's where I want you to go. Not because it's in your strength. Not because you can do it. But because of his strength. We like Peter. Have to come to a point of sound distrust. In our self-serving pledges of loyalty. On Sunday I'm here means i'm loyal to jesus not necessarily it may mean you're legalistic you feel like you got to be here or god's not going to like you which is a slap in the face of grace it might be that you're here because you want others to see you and think highly of you and you know everybody thinks it's best to go to church so you kind of want people to think oh they're a good person and it could just be masking self-deception. I don't know. It could be you're trying to do it in your own strength. You really are trying. But we have to come to realize and become aware, humbly aware, of our own limitations. Even when acting with the best of intentions. If they're rooted and grounded in our trust of And loving of Jesus, I think we even have to be wary of singing songs. You know, songs about how much we love God and how much we love Christ and how much we will do this and we will do that, folks. I talked to the choir about this and the the instrumentalists and all at our worship retreat two Saturdays ago. I said, you know, sometimes when I'm singing. Oh, I love you, I love you, I love you, my Lord. There's there's some kind of conviction going on that, do I really? Because see, my love is not demonstrated in what I say. My love is not demonstrated in being able to sing it loudly. Although singing loudly is a good thing. My love to Christ is demonstrated in how much I tend his sheep. Hear that. Because it's to me and it's to you. My love is determined by that. The the depth of it, the meaning of it, the, the truthfulness of it. And yours too is how much do you minister to? and tend his sheep. And and by his sheep, I don't just mean inside the four walls of this building who we say, oh, we're the flock of God, we're the family of God, we're the people of God. But I'm talking about those outside who, as Jesus himself said, I have other sheep who are not of this flock whom I'm waiting to bring in. And he's calling us to go out there and be a shepherd who helps bring those in by sharing the simple truth of the gospel with them. So I want to ask you this morning, do you love people? Do do you love being around a lot of different types of people? Some of you say, yeah, I love it. Some of you say, no, man, I I get hives when that starts happening. You know, boy, I get sweaty palms and sweat on my forehead and my my hair stands on end. I knock my microphone off. I get nervous around people that aren't like me. But that's not the criteria, is it? That's not the real question, is it? The real question of our love to Christ is, are we obedient in sharing our lives with the lives of others? Ministering to those who have a need. Caring for those who are hurting. As Paul said to the Roman Christians, laughing with those who are laughing, rejoicing with those who are rejoicing, and weeping with those who are weeping. Peter, do you love me? Bill, do you love me? tend my lambs, feed my sheep, shepherd my flock. Be involved in the lives of those that you're called to love. Not on the basis of how much you can love them, but on the basis of how much you love me. Wow. That's important. Let's pray together. Father, it's easy to say the words, I love Jesus. Praise the Lord, God is good, but Lord, show us even as you, showed, as you showed Peter, if I do it in my own strength, even those words will ultimately turn to denial. Help us see our weakness. Lord, show us our need for you. Lord, give us a greater love. Give us a greater depth of love to you. Father, I pray for men and women here this morning who don't know you. Pray, Lord, that your Holy Spirit will touch them and draw them to faith in Christ. Open their eyes and open their heart to see and believe their need for a Savior and that Christ is the only Savior. Father, I pray for others here this morning who are struggling with sin, disobedience to you, which is tactically a denial of you. Father, while we all sin, Lord, we can never be content in living in it and wallowing in it and, and practicing it, as John says in 1 John. Lord, bring us to repentance of sins of attitude, sins of words, sins of actions that deny your grace of a changed life. Father, I pray for others here that you need to to just do a work in revival in their hearts, in their lives, in their minds. Pray, Father, you will do that today. Lord, we commit this time to you. In Jesus' name, amen.